Hello. Let me readjust the stool here. There we go. It's a little better. Uh, it is really good to be with you all here. I am excited every time I get to speak, um, not just because I get to share from God's Word, but because I personally just get challenged and changed um, through writing a message. So I'm excited to be here with you guys. And I really like this time every week, just of worshiping and digging into God's Word. Um, it's really encouraging having a set time every week where we just get to do that together as as challenge and as community. So the passage I get to go over with you guys tonight is Philippians 1, 21 through 30. And we're going to mostly be in the first five verses. But first, I wanted to give some background to the author, um, his life up to this point. So Paul, the author of Philippians, had previously, you know, until... Um, this certain event been really against Christians and against Christianity in the most violent ways. You know, he would travel around uh, imprisoning people, arresting people, sometimes even being a part of killing early believers, which is bad, right? Like that's not who you expect to be like writing parts of the Bible, you know? Um, but during one of his, during one of his journeys to do this, to go arrest and imprison and uh, potentially kill believers, Paul meets the resurrected Jesus on his way to Damascus, and his life just does a 180. Like, it's insane. <laughs> you know, it's a really um, amazing change. And he becomes the most influential missionary in history, and he ends up writing a lot of the New Testament. And during, you know, that turnaround uh, and throughout his life um, past that, he faced a ton of hardship from people and circumstances. So in 2 Corinthians, a different letter of Paul's, uh, he says this, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from uh, bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. So this guy's like bear grills to the extreme, right? <laughs> like any, you know, any wilderness, like he's like, oh yeah, I've been there. You know, I've been shipwrecked. I've had all this stuff happen. And he's had opposition from lots of people in his life. And this is written before Philippians where he's writing from prison. So you know, his life has not gotten any easier. Like now he's in prison and he's writing to the Philippians, telling them about his circumstances and telling them about his perspective on the circumstances. So if you have like a Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and uh, get to Philippians 1, and we're going to read verses 21 and 23 through 23 together. It says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I, am going, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ which is better by far. And this is kind of a, a weird passage. You know, the two things he's talking about, you know, choosing between is literally just living and dying. You know, we don't normally talk in those terms about that. Uh, we don't want to choose between living and dying. But I want to ask you a question. How many people face death? It's 100%. You know, there's these like two guys in the Bible who got taken straight to heaven and that's crazy, you know, but other than that, everybody who has ever lived has faced death. 
And we all will face death when we, you know, whenever that, that comes up for us at the end of our lives. And the normal way for people to deal with this fact, uh, actually like part of what Ryan just mentioned is just distraction, uh, really active ignorance or fear. Those are all kind of common responses. But Paul has a very different outlook on this. He says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. So, for Paul, death is not something to fear because he knows that after he dies, he goes to be with Christ. He's like, well, that's, that's the best. Like nothing gets better than that. And that truth made his perspective on death different. He had this, this hope of eternal life in Christ shaping his perspective on his life now. And we all believers in Jesus get to have that same hope. If you don't, Um, believe in Jesus. You can have that same hope through Christ. Peter, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So the resurrection of Jesus gives us this hope that we uh, will have something at, at the end that is way better. You know, when we die, we will be with Jesus. And in his letter to the Romans, Paul visits this idea uh, as well to them. He says, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, so Christians, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he sees? A, a different translation says, who hopes for what he already has? You know, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So there's this this longing, this inward groaning. I think in Philippians, this you know, desire to depart with Christ, which is just better by far. You can feel Paul's inward groaning and he just wants to be with Jesus. You know, that's, that's it. And I think uh, part of this inward groaning that we experience is just a knowledge that the world right now is not right, that there are things that are broken about our world just because of the fall. Um, the brokenness of creation just makes us really clearly realize like there are things in the world that are not right. And we want to be somewhere that is right. We want everything to be made right. I know, like, for the last year, I have felt that. You know, I will um, be the first person to be like, man, yeah, I, there are things that are just wrong in the world, um, so many things, and I, I want to be somewhere that's perfect. I don't want there to be things wrong in this world. And so that's part of our inward groaning, just the desire to be somewhere better. But... I think the other part of this is, is even more important, and it's focused on the specific destination we have as believers. It says, uh, just, just the reality, the reality of heaven and eternity with God. This is just a, a way to keep us focused and to put our hope on the promises of God instead of our current circumstances, because God and his promises don't change. So whatever our circumstances are, uh, we have the hope of heaven. We have the hope of being with Jesus. And that, that should change our life now. That should change our perspective on our life now. So Paul just has this incredible hope for the future. And that's really what the word that I want to, one of the words I want to focus in on tonight is just hope. 
like this unshakable God-centered hope for the future. And the statement he makes is, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we've talked about why he views dying as gain. You know, he's going to be with Jesus. What does to live is Christ mean? And to start, you know, digging into that, I want to ask you, if Paul knows that dying is gain, what is keeping him going? <laughs> like, why doesn't he just during the second shipwreck, like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to be with Jesus and just give up. Like, what, what's keeping this man going through beatings and stonings and getting lashed? And like, you know, what, what's his purpose? Like, why is he here? And we actually get his answer in Philippians as well. So in Philippians 1, 23 to 26, he says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Paul is just focused on other people. He is not focused on himself. You know, he knows his life is not about him. He says, you know, it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Even though going, with, going to be with Jesus would be, would be better for Paul, he says, it's more necessary for you that I remain. And his specific purpose is helping other people come to know Christ Jesus and grow in their faith. He says, I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. And this is the purpose that helps him push beyond circumstances, um, beyond opposition. Even when he knew, like, if I die, go be with Jesus. He still kept pushing because of this purpose. And I will easily admit that over this last year, um, thoughts of frustration, uh, maybe even doubt have come up. You know, why is God allowing this uh, to happen? You know, why is he allowing the pandemic to happen? Why is it happening to me right now? You know, why is this happening while I'm alive? I don't want this. Like, I don't want to be in this situation. Those are all thoughts that I know I have had. Um, and these thoughts are self-centered. They are focused on me, what I want, and my circumstances. They're not focused on God or other people. This is the opposite perspective from what Paul presents here. So I want to grow as seeing this pandemic as a way to just grow my trust in God um, practically, just by acting and talking as if I, I believe he's going to use it for good. I know he's going to use it for good. You know, I want to use the time to spend more time with God, invest in other people, and continue pushing toward the purpose of making disciples. So I've personally already seen some of the things I, I think God wants to do through the pandemic. I've gotten better at staying connected with my family, which has been really um, nice. You know, I've felt relationships grow um, through difficulty. People that I did not know as well, I now know way better and have been able to invest in. And I've even seen people who would not have realized their need for a savior uh, come to Christ through the circumstances of the pandemic. And we can trust that God has way more than that planned for this time. He has more than we could possibly imagine, way more good than we could possibly imagine planned for this time in our lives. And this is true not only for the last year. It's easy now especially to focus in and say, man, it's been a whole year. Like this, this just feels like it's lasted forever. But the reality is 
God has a plan for this and for your future, the rest of your life, the rest of our lives. For those of us who follow Christ, our purpose, our overarching and primary purpose is the same as Paul. It's to help others know Jesus and then help them grow in their faith. And, you know, Paul has a specific way that he's doing that. He's, he's telling about all these beatings and shipwrecks. He's like, I'm going, I'm going places. I'm telling people about Jesus. You know, I'm getting the word out. And, you know, that, that was Paul's method. God has a specific way he wants you to accomplish the purpose of making disciples. And that is unique to you, where you are at in life, and what he wants you to do in, in the situations you're in. So Acts 17, 26 says, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them in the exact places where they should live. Uh, this verse encourages me uh, that I am here and now, and here and in this place, because God put me here. Uh, I was thinking the other day, like a week ago, as I was putting in my contacts, I was like, man, I am so glad to live in a time where glasses and contacts exist. Like my eyes, I don't, some of you probably know, but my eyes are like bad enough that I wouldn't really be able to function as a human uh, without some sort of correction there. And I did not choose to live in a time with contacts. Like God put me here. I'm grateful for that, you know. Um, but God specifically chose you and me to live through this pandemic. He chose us to live in the 2000s, you know, through this time. And he has a specific purpose for this time. So we can really trust God that one day, everything that, that ever happened to us will turn out for our good. You know, we may not see that now, but we can trust God. God has put you uniquely where you are now so that you can help others know Jesus. So I want to ask you, how can you fulfill that purpose in your life right now? You know, what do you think God wants you to do in the circumstances you're in? Uh, how can your actions and your words communicate the hope you have in Christ? You know, are you acting as if you have hope in Christ? Are you speaking as if you have hope in Christ? And what would you do differently if your specific situation was once in a lifetime? If you knew you only got one shot, because it is, it is once in a lifetime. This is uh, a very unique and specific situation that God's given us. So we have this hope rooted in Jesus' resurrection that can carry us through any hardship if we trust God. And we also have an eternally significant purpose in this life, and that's making Jesus known. And these two things are life-changing if we believe them. If we act, you know, I don't, I don't mean uh, intellectually think they're true, like, oh, yeah, I believe that. You know, and then we're like complaining about how hard things are all the time. Um, I mean, really like um, act and live as if we believe them. Uh, for me, one of the, the ways that's taken shape is going on staff with challenge. You know, I, I'm not on staff with challenge because I enjoy playing drums back there. You know, I'm not on staff with challenge because I like living in Chico or because I want to make money. Like all those things are true. I do like playing drums. I like Chico. You know, I want to make money <laughs> in some form, um, but they're not shaping my direction. You know, I'm on staff with challenge because this seems like the best way I can use my time to make Jesus known. And I have the hope that no matter where God calls me and my family, um, you know, whatever difficulty there might be through that, it will be worth it when I'm with Jesus one day, that no matter what happens, it will be worth it.
So I, I know that I was personally challenged by this passage. Um, and I, I want, really want all of us, me, me included, to just come away with something that we can change in our lives, whether it's about the way we speak, uh, the way we act, or even the way you, you think and see uh, the situations you're in. Um, I would take a moment and, and write down something that you uh, can change this week, you know, or an area you think you need to work on. Because really, I want all of us to be able to say, um, for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So uh, go ahead and think and just pray with me about what that needs to be. Uh, and then we're going to have some more songs. We get to worship God together and just praise our creator. So, yeah, pray with me. God, um, I just thank you for the way that you've used the circumstances in our lives to bring us here. Lord, I know I don't understand all the things you've been doing in my life. I don't think anyone understands that fully, but I pray that you would help us to trust you, uh, just to know that no matter what, you are doing what is good for us. And God, please, please help us just really um, push for the purpose that you have in our lives. Um, God, I, I pray that we would all just really get after making you known, um, because that is what we want to live for. So I just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.